Hello, my darlings. You are listening to Healing in Doses, a place for bite-sized nuggets of healing magic, provided one spoonful at a time. It's your girl, Siobhan, owner of Sweet Immunity Herbals and All Things Magical, and I am back for what I can't even describe the sky magic. It is a sky surrender at this point. We are in a time in a state of flux unlike any other. I don't even have any astro notes. This is all me, freestyle, open, pure, vulnerable, because that is where we are today. As many of you can imagine, the past six months have been a whirlwind of transformation in not only my personal life, but the personal lives of those whom I love so dearly. We in the United States, and I wouldn't even want to say the world, as we all have our troubles, we all have our, um, our, our moments, our, our times, and our expansive meanings <laughs> that come with the state of the world. But if you live in the United States, I am particularly tuned in and focus into what the astrological climate means for us as residents of this country, for us as individuals trying to thrive and expand in the place that we are in, which is a strange but familiar place indeed. For those of you who are not familiar with U.S. history, what I will say is that 2020, from an astrological perspective, and from a socio-perspective and a socio-economic perspective, um, so many different perspectives. Uh, 2020 is like the past 100 years of history lumped into one year. That's why every month feels as if it's a year unto itself. Every month feels like it deserves its own time. Every day feels like a month. Every month feels like a year, and that is really <laughs> what we are what we are facing and what we are demonstrating in this time from pandemics to racial injustice to conversations around basic human rights dignity what it means to be human what it means to thrive what it means to live what it means to be successful. What does it mean to have, to feel nourished, to feel like you have a future ahead of you? What does it mean to be alive? What does resistance look like? What does rebellion look like? What does the future look like? What are we in today? All of these questions are questions not just for June 2020. They are questions we started having in January. We've been having those questions ever since we encountered a pandemic of our modern times, ever since we were sheltered inside of ourselves, in our homes. So whether we're talking metaphysically or actually physically in our homes, We've been asking ourselves these questions. And in the midst of that, the other crises of the world, the other pandemics of the world that have always been, right? 
they are now bubbling to a surface tension that many of us have only read about in history books or maybe dialogued with our family members and got their insight on what exactly is the meaning of today. And even with all that history, even with all that we know, there is still so much to uncover and there's still so much to see. June in particular has a very special place in this story. Before we get into what that storyline is, there's two things that I want you all to do to set it up. First and foremost, you know how I am. You know how I feel about these birth charts (laughs) and how much and how important they are to have when you are listening to any astrological podcast. I don't care how many people you follow, who you see. All that we talk about with a planet and a sign and a planet and a sign and a planet and a sign means absolutely nothing unless you are able to see that in real time. And that's where your birth chart comes in. So when we talk about, I don't know, this crazy, <laughs> um, the, 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 what some astrologers are calling the, the COVID, you know, pack, right? The, the COVID three musketeers, you know, Saturn, Jupiter, Pluto. When we talk about Venus and her retrograde and her travels, when we talk about what Mercury is doing and <laughs> Mars and what Mars will be doing uh, from now or from this month till 2021, when we talk about these things, we as a world will see them on a global level, but you will also see reflections of that on your micro level. If you're trying to figure out where your place is in this world, where your place is as these sirens go off in the background of my recording, and I'm not gonna edit them out because that's the background music of today. That is the background music of today. That is the serenade that we are all dancing this waltz to. And so if you're trying to figure out where you fit in all of the shit that's happening, and it's a lot of shit, to the point where I'm not even going to give you any tips on how to handle it. I am simply going to help you understand what is happening, if you didn't know already, and how that can manifest in your relationships, whether it be to yourself or to others, in what you build for yourself, and in how you answer those questions for the future. So grab that birth chart, and also take a minute before you move on, part two, section two, phase two, whatever you wanna call it. Take a minute to think back on where you were, what you were doing, who you were with, how you were feeling in 2018. Yes. Two years ago. Think about the summer, in particular, the summer of 2018. I have a very vivid, vivid reflection of that year. I have a very vivid picture of where I was that year as a whole, let alone um, the individual aspects, how that year felt for me, what it brought for me. And I say to reflect on 2018 in particular, because there are some cycles that we will be completing in 2020 that tie directly back to that year. And we'll talk about that. 
And so this is all about understanding, babies. It isn't about answers because you have all of them. You'll have some tricks and some ways to look at your chart for me, but ultimately how the world from the outside manifests itself in your internal reality, that's all up to you. So let's get to it, my darlings. Let's get to the understanding. So what the fuck is going on? Believe it or not, astrologers say that at least 1,500 times a year um, because every year invites more aspects and more planetary alignment. And we catch that heat just like everyone else. So if you're like, damn, I haven't heard this chick in a long time, you are absolutely right. I needed a break. I needed to reset. I needed to figure out what the fuck was going on as much as all of you. So if you're like, wow, it's been a minute. Yes, it's been a minute. And for those of you that have, that, that listened to my February episode and like continue to listen to it because you're like, did she say something there that's popping up right now? Probably. But a girl needed a minute. And I just had to, you know, come up from air because June in and of itself is such a dynamic and full month. I mean, it is so full. It is full. It is full. It is full. And we've already had a six month stint of fullness. And so June is like this little, you know, for any of you that ever saw like, for any of you that ever saw like Men in Black 1 and at the end, you know, um, um, they talk about, or not even at the end, like in the middle, you know, a little talking dog and he's, and he's talking about galaxies and how just because something is really small doesn't mean it's not powerful. It doesn't mean it's not important. And meanwhile, the galaxy that they were trying to save is like this little marble. That's how June is. June is like a little galaxy marble. It's very, it's only one month, right? It's only the first to the 30th, but it's a little concentrated nugget of energy. It's like a little baby ball of energy. And so I had to come up for air for that because it is also a huge hinge point, a huge transition point for so much that has happened up until this point. Um, 2020 in and of itself as a year, both astrologically and, and, and being reflected across many different channels is again, that 100 years of history in one year. Any event that you've ever read about, especially from the United States perspective, any event that you've read about in any history class growing up anywhere in the United States, we are touching at some point, directly or indirectly, right now. So if you read about famines, (laughs) Uranus and Taurus, we're going to talk about that, right? For those of you that are not growing fruit on your windowsill right now and you live in an apartment, get your ass some seeds, get you some of that good fertilizer from the Home Depot and start, you know, start making some shit, start gardening in your apartment. So doing some urban farming, okay? Because we have Uranus and Taurus and, and, um, and Uranus will be there for a while, but Uranus's role in 2020 is going to be really important in having us think about our relationship to food, our relationship to our values, and our relationship to money, right? And the idea that it could be here one day, gone tomorrow. And we've seen that, right? We've seen how, you know, a pandemic, another crazy 
event, right? We, have you ever read anything about a, the Black Plague or the Spanish flu? We have a pandemic going on. Um, and that pandemic shut down jobs just like that. Here today, gone tomorrow. Here today, go into the office every day. Now your ass is at home. Now your ass is at home in front of your, your computer doing nonstop Zoom meetings as if that shit is cute. You wouldn't have had as many of those meetings if you was in the office. And now every day, somebody wants to hop on a Zoom. Let's just hop on a Zoom. No, how about you hop out of my face? Because we wouldn't even be talking like this if we were actually in the office together. So it's changed the social dynamics, right? People that weren't in your face all the time are now instantly in your face all the time, and now they're in your home, right? So blessed are those who have a home office, right? And for those of you that don't have to carve out a corner of your apartment to be a functioning adult, uh, my, my blessings, my love, my, my hats are tipped to you because that is a real, real thing, right? Um, I, I can't even get myself started on racial injustice <laughs> and racial disparities. And that essentially being the root, right, of all other conversations we've been having about equality. Uh, I recently said this on a Zoom call, you know, the conversation that we're having about racism and particularly systemic racism and the historical, um, the building of this country and the baseline, essentially the foundation for which this whole house was built on. Our government, our, US, our USA as a, as a, as a country, uh, the American identity, like all of this shit was built on a really jacked up foundation from the very beginning. And so when we think about other movements like LGBTQ, when we think about women's rights, when we think about immigrant rights, when we think about all of these different kinds of rights, we were building and stacking that house with all of these different movements and all of these different plights and really conversations around dignity and humanity. We were stacking them on something that was already fucked up. And so now it's like, let's just move all of everything else aside for a second and let's dig up the root. Let's, let's literally blow this foundation up and start over because nothing we sit on top of it is ever gonna be stable or ever gonna be firm unless we get the setting right, unless we get the roots out and replant recultivate this soil, put some more nourishment on it, build this house again from scratch. Whatever analogy you want to use, that's exactly what we're doing. And so 2020 is all of that. And so many other things. I can't even get into so many other things because you'll be on this episode for like seven hours. And I don't know how many of you want to hear me talk for seven hours or rant for seven hours, depending on how you feel, depending on how you interpret this. But all of that is 2020. So there was a a post that I saw recently that said, maybe this isn't the year that should be canceled. Maybe it's the year that should be celebrated because this is the year where everything, everything broke and everything was revealed. And we saw every crack in the wall. We took the floorboards up and we saw everything that was underneath that was making other things rotten, that was making other things moldy, no matter how many paint jobs you threw over. Obviously, you know I like house analogies. And there's a reason for that. There's an astrological reason for that. But we're getting to see all of that. 
And so from, from an astrological perspective, we kicked off the year with that Saturn-Pluto conjunction, that big wedding between Saturn and Pluto, and everybody and their mother was invited. January 12th, that was the day Saturn conjunct Pluto for the first time in a gajillion years. And everybody and their mother was there. Every planet, that every planet, every asteroid, every dwarf planet that could have been in Capricorn that month was in Capricorn. Everyone was invited to this party. And so we are still in that cycle. And what is that cycle? Pluto is the destruction of things. Saturn represents the limits of things, the buildings of things, the boundaries of things. So everything that we've been, all of these huge, large issues that deal with humanity, with being alive, with being strong, with being able to thrive, we are breaking down the system. COVID, COVID blew the roof off of our medical system and how fragile it can be. It blew the roof off of, think about it, it's Capricorn, it blew the roof off of our manufacturing, our supply chains. Who's doing the work? Where's all the stuff? How can our economy be booming, but we don't have basic resources? Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any mathematical sense. Any logic whatsoever. And (laughs) Pluto blew the roof off of it. And Saturn said, well, we got to build it again. So what the fuck is it going to look like? And we're still in that cycle. We still haven't figured that out yet. You know why? Because we had another pandemic. And it's called racism. And Pluto, the planet that really gets dark shit out, right? It's the planet of transformation. It's the planet of bringing uh, things to the surface, bringing the darkness to the light. Pluto said, let's do it. Let's shed some light. Let's shed some light. Let's shed it. Let's, Let's bring... The root causes, the reason why our systems are so um, imbalanced, there's so much inequality in healthcare, there's so much um, inequality in our economic system to which if we try to shut down as a country, it completely ravages certain communities while other communities gain billion, billions, and even trillion dollars of wealth. Pluto's like, y'all gotta see that because y'all been in your phones and in the TikToks for too long, so now I have to show it to you because we got to rebuild that too because we can't talk about healthcare unless we talk about in, you know economic opportunity and we can't talk about healthcare unless we talk about race and we can't talk about any of these things until we talk about these sirens outside you hear that that is the music of today we can't talk about any of these things we can't talk about we can't have talk, conversations because the healthcare is tied to the money, the healthcare is tied to how we view people and, and human bodies and whose bodies are worth better care than others. It's tied to our neighborhoods and which neighborhoods have access to materials and which don't. It's tied to everything. So this one element of our, of our existence, this one element of our existence blew the roof off of every other element of our development as a country, our development as a nation, and ultimately the development of everyone who, whose families are, are from here and those who ventured in to join us in this fight. And what's interesting about Pluto is that Pluto is really, really important in this grand story because 
just like you have a birth chart, you know who else has a birth chart? The United States has a birth chart. There's a birth chart for everything that you do. For those of you who study Vedic astrology, um, for those of you who, who grew up in, in the Hindu tradition or who just practice or study Vedic astrology, you know, <laughs> I've, I've had many a friends from India who couldn't really, who, who wouldn't, even, even as you know, progressive as they are, they still kept very true to traditional values and they didn't pick a date for shit until they saw their astrologer back home. Or they mama said, I done talked to this person and this person told you to wear this piece of jewelry and this person told you to do it on this day, right? And so the idea, okay, I've known many, I've known many of folks who were practitioners and believers in Chinese astrology. And again, that mapping of, is this a right date to do a thing? Is this the right time to do a thing? And, um, and that includes the founding of nations. If you are not uh, from the United States uh, and you, let's say you're, you're, um, you're German, let's say you're, you're Brazilian, wherever you are from, trust me, your country has an origin has an origin story in the cosmos. It has a birth chart. Find it. It's interesting. It's fascinating. Especially for you who are beginner students of astrology, it's so fascinating <laughs> to see your country's birth chart. Because I looked at our country's birth chart. And guess what? Our country is going through a Pluto return. When our country was founded, when the United States became the United States, now, some people will be like, you know, what, what date are you using? I'm using July 4th, 1776, the one we always know in the history books. Guess what sign Pluto was in when the country was founded? It was in Capricorn. For all of you that know what a Saturn return is, you know what that means. Pluto is again in Capricorn. So we are having a time. Everything that went into founding this country, everything that went into the current structure of the United States of America at that time, we are reckoning with. So if it feels like you are in one big US history lesson, if you feel like every article, for those of you that aren't students of our history, we're not born in this country, don't have any connection to it, and you're like, holy shit, I didn't even know. Pluto gonna let you know. Pluto is gonna let your ass know. And so the United States is there, right? I won't go too into the U.S. birth chart, but again, for those of you who are beginning astrologers, um, you'll find that fascinating, right? Um, and particularly Pluto is, is um, in the second house, right? So think about the second house um, as values, right? as um, <laughs> as money and how we earn money, right? Take that how you like it, okay? And so for those of you that are really fascinated, you're like, well, where is every, where is every other planet in the U.S. birth chart? Well, Mercury, the sun, Jupiter, and Venus were all in the eighth house. And Cancer. I'll leave it like that. For those of you that study astrology, <laughs> that in and of itself... <laughs> That in and of itself explains quite a bit, don't you think? <laughs> you know, um, what it does explain for those of you that are like, I have no idea what the hell that means. That just means that everything that we are, again, everything that we are dealing with right now um, 
everything that is so that is such a top of mind conversation about the current time racial injustice injustice period right um ownership what is it ownership in so many different facets you know um when it all the way all the way back into you know shared resources right the eighth house is all about death sex and taxes so what is our relationship to transformation and rebirth you know every couple of, uh, of decades or so there's a there's a new revolution that happens there's a new you know feelings of rebirth and transcendence that happens on US soil right um, when we think about death and our relationship to death, how comfortable are we with it as a nation? There is a lot of loss here as well. Um, our relationship to motherhood and mothers, our relationship, <laughs> taxation. I mean, let's let's be clear, no taxation without representation, okay? Um, even as recently as, you know, big business, who pays taxes, who doesn't, at what income threshold, your credit score, all of these, all of these things that seem to govern, you know, our society and what we value in our society um, is, is picked up through those planetary alignments. So it's a really cool exercise. If you, if you really, I mean, aside from reading all the books, but if you are a budding astrologer or you just want some more information on this, woof. That, you know, that, that Pluto placement is really important, right? Um, and that those eighth house placements, right? And, that, and all those planets in one spot, that the U.S. has a stellium in the eighth house. Universe, the, the U.S. has a stellium in death, sex, and tax, right? Depending on the chart that you're looking at. And so um, that is important because we are in a Saturn-Pluto. We are in a, you know, Pluto also rules transformation, Pluto also rules rebirth. The eighth house rules rebirth. And so there's a lot of the U.S. goes through many cycles of rebirth. So I had a, I had a conversation with someone and, and they were like, we're probably going to be having these same protests and the same things happen 30 years from now. I'm like, yeah, because this country likes to do that. Unfortunately, it might be about something else. We are a country where Rome was not fixed in a day. Rome was not built in a day. Rome was not dismantled in a day, right? Pick, pick a phrase. But we, uh, we are on this kind of uh, steady progression where we will fix some things, we will change some things, we will move some things, um, and we will have several cycles of it. Um, reinventing ourselves is, is what we do, right? Every death is not physical, right? Um, there's a lot of things that are birthed in the United States. There's a lot of things that get birthed in, the, in this culture. Um, there's genres of music that fall and then a new one just comes about. There's fashions that die and then new ones come about. And we, we just grow to expect these cycles to happen. We grow to expect these things to naturally take place and honestly to push for them to take place. We push for change. And so what's happening right now is there is a push for change. There is an unveiling of, of what the root causes are for our pains right now. And Saturn and Pluto did that in, in January and kicked that cycle off and we are still in that cycle. But in particular in June, there's a lot of, of support for that 
with various other planetary alignments. So you have the sun going from Gemini to Cancer, right? The sun and Venus being in Gemini, forcing us to speak our truth, focusing the sun, focusing the spotlight on knowledge, communication, on technology, on information, forcing us on a microcosm to be honest and truthful, compassionate, but willing to have conversations we probably wasn't really trying to have. Um, Prior to 2020 as a society, we've been very distracted. And 2020 made things real. And that Saturn, Pluto, and Capricorn. Capricorn is all about realism, and it's all about leadership, and it's all about initiation. It's all about charging forward. It's a cardinal sign. So it's about moving forward and and going forward and something happening. So you have no choice but to be uncomfortable. You have no choice but to change. You have no choice but to move. You have no choice. And it's all about the breaking down of what is to make something new. So from the beginning of this year, if you've been having internal conversations with yourself up until this point around what does your life mean? What do you want to do with your life? Where do you want to live? Who do you want in your life? What kind of, when you wake up in the morning, who do you want to be? If those are conversations you've already been having with yourself, you're feeling it, right? And especially if these are conversations you know your ass wasn't having, in 2019. In 2019, you was chilling. In 2020, you're like, holy shit, do I like where I live? Do I like how I work? Is this even what I want to do for my career? Is this the way I want to be? Is this who I want to be around? If you started having those questions, wherever Saturn and Pluto was doing this dance in your chart, was having this this marriage and this wedding in your chart, pay attention to where that was. Pay attention to where that is. Because Saturn's about to retrograde back to that sucker. And Jupiter and Pluto are already there. And Jupiter comes into the mix to blow whatever that concept is out and up. It adds fullness to that conversation. It rounds it out. It creates abundance in that area. So abundance in your opportunity to move in a different direction. Abundance in your... um, thought process and planning, right? It helps you when Jupiter and Saturn link up, right? When Jupiter and Pluto link up, it brings that fullness to what needs to be transformed. And when Saturn hits and gets and joins that party, Jupiter and Saturn actually put your dreams into real context. So if you felt earlier in this year that you had all these feelings, but you didn't even know what direction they're in, pay attention to how you feel now. And if things are becoming a lot clearer, And some people need a catalyst. So for some people, it was COVID, right? The pandemic made you think, oh, shit, do I really want to live in these cities like that? Or would I actually be happier and healthier and feel safer if I actually moved away from the city? Should I have ever been in this population to begin with? If I think about myself five years from now, do I actually want to do this? For a lot of people... For those of you that read the New York Times article, for a lot of people, that was 400,000 people that vacated New York and put their forwarding address <laughs> with the United States Postal Service. And so what a lot of people said, actually, no, <laughs> I need to be out of here for a second. I might come back. I might not. 
I know a few people who did leave and, and um, I think they have since come back, but, but uh, they, you know, they got a chance to see life in a different way. They got a chance to see a new, a new kind of vision for their future. And so now what seems like, oh, that's never going to happen, seems possible. So there may be dreams you were sitting on for a while that now seem possible because of that. And so we have that right now. And we still have Saturn and Pluto pulling down structures in this conversation of racial injustice that, quite frankly, has been around since the inception of this country. If you dive into that U.S. chart, it's there. It's already there. And it's, it's, it's almost comical how it's, it's there, right, from a, from a cosmic perspective. And so we're, we're seeing that. We're seeing that in so many different layers and there's so many different manifestations of it. And there's so many different implications, particularly for black people in that conversation. Um, because there's order even in what feels like chaos. And so we have that. We totally have that. Now, when we look at the sun and Venus, you know, these compassionate conversations. Now, Venus retrograde, you know, people treat it like a Mercury retrograde sometimes. And they say, well, Venus is retrograding. And so be weary of your exes and be weary of the past. And don't Venus retrograde is a little bit different. Mercury can be a little bit impulsive. Right. And so that's usually when I'll say, you know, be mindful of the words coming out of the mouths of your exes. And you know that it's bad. You know, Venus retrograde really allows you to rewrite your love story, rewrite your relationship to who you were as a human being uh, before this moment and write a new story for yourself for the future. It helps you kind of um, reset your relationship to love, your relationship to romance, your relationship to partnership, your relationship to togetherness. Some of that is being sparked by these external circumstances, but these external circumstances are, are only amplifying and influencing what's already written in the cosmos. So whether it's having to be sheltered in place with your boyfriend, girlfriend, person, partner, whether you were sheltered in place with, um, you know, someone you may have been breaking up with, someone you may have been getting a divorce from, or someone oppositely, you may have always felt like you were in bliss with, and now you've spent some real good old time with each other, and you're like, ah, I don't know anymore. Rewriting your love story. If you've been afraid to love, if you've been afraid to let your heart open and sing and, and be joyous, now you might be thinking, well, what was I hiding for, from? What was I, what was I hiding from exactly? the hell was I doing all of that for? Maybe I don't want to go through these things alone. That could be a question, right? For those of you that may have already been highly immersed in love and so, you know, you've had a new partner every three months, every six months, maybe you want to rewrite that and say, actually, I want to know what it's like to fall in love with being alone, fall in love with being solo. And what does that feel like? And can that feel good too? So the love stories, our love stories, which are stories we can rewrite at any time. Now there's a, a energetic push to do that. And the North Node, right? That, that point, that elliptical point, the nodes of the moon, that North Node is also in, in Gemini. Gemini. 
And so the idea of this point being a point where you can set the course for your future, how you manage this time has a connection to what your future looks like, what your destiny looks like, how you can enhance or influence that co-creation with the universe. That's indicated as well. And so we have this deconstruction, this rebuilding, and this rewriting of who we are and what we are. And what our current situation is telling us about our future. You know, it's like back to the future. There's 1985 and then there's alternate 1985. I have a feeling we are all in alternate 1985. <laughs> Michael J. Fox went back and it was like, oh no. You know, he was he was living in the projects. It was just bad. <laughs> it was all kind of, it was weird. It was weird. It was weird. His father was dead. It was bad. It was bad. It was bad. It was bad. It was bad right? I think we are all kind of sitting in alternate 1985. <laughs> but we have the ability to go back and figure out a way to change course and get the hell up on out of there. And so we, we have that space. Um, and we have that time. We have that moment. And so there's, there's, there's something to that. There's something powerful to that. And it's something worth noting for yourself. So for, for those of you that are like, okay, my birth chart, my birth chart, my birth chart, I want you to take a minute and I want you to look at that birth chart and see where Saturn is and see where Pluto is and see where Jupiter is. Because that's the work that it started to do, that those planets started to do. The planet of abundance, the planet of transformation, and the planet of, of structure and rebuilding and boundaries. All of that. Where are you seeing that in your life? Because although two of those are like highly outer planets, they're having really major personal implications for us as a, as a human race, but also on our individual levels. So what house is it in? Is this, is this happening in your career? Is this happening in your love life? Is this happening with your children? Is this happening with your finances? Is this happening with your um, sense of mental and emotional stability? Where is this happening? Is this happening with your health and your routines and your kind of your work ethic? Like what's your service to the community? Is this happening there too? How do you best want to serve? Right? So for those of you that have it in your sixth house, look at that. That's important. It's an important place because now it's, it's restructuring how you want to serve. And it's also tapping into your health and how you are feeling and how you are thriving in these times as well. Look at where the sun is. Look at where Venus is. And Mercury was just there, so look at where, where Mercury kind of left, right? Where in your life has your love story, you know, what, what chapters of your life, you know, include this love story, and where can you rewrite it in the context of your birth chart? Is your love story found in your career? Is your love story found in in your relationship to God and spirituality and to learning and to expressiveness? Is your love story being written as a, a form of your self-identity? What, what does it mean for you to be in love, at love, with love? What does it mean for you to be love? 
And what does it mean for you to communicate that? And the idea of writing and rewriting is a very Gemini concept. How are you communicating it? How are you expressing yourself? So that's very deliberate to think about like this placement of you literally and figuratively rewriting your story. And, and Venus is going to go direct this month. So whatever Venus is loud when she's in retrograde, she's like, hello, I'm right here, I'm right here, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. So you may be already having, even if it's like subconscious, having conversations about love and romance, maybe with a particular person, maybe just in general. It could be looped, lumped into or looped in with when this, when this you know, pandemic stops or when these protests stop, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. I'm going to date like this. I'm going to see people. Maybe you found your way meeting people and seeing people and dating people um, in unconventional ways because we ain't had the opportunity to do things the regular way. Maybe you are looking at a person differently. Maybe somebody is looking at you differently. So Venus retrogrades are different. It's not just about all your exes coming out of nowhere. It's the rewriting of a love story, whatever that love story is. It's the retelling of a story as well. What's your relationship to your past and how your heart has manifested in the past too? Are you able to see your roadblocks to love much more vividly than you were before? Because Venus was kind of chilling. She was low key. Now she is loud and she is present. Where has your heart been closed and where is she wanting you to crack open? Figure out where that is in your chart. Figure out what house that's in. That'll give you an understanding of where you are most likely to see that come up. And maybe if you've been kind of doing it subconsciously and not really paying attention to it, the click, click, oh shit, that's why I've been dreaming about these things. That's why I've been thinking about these things. That's why I've been talking to this person again. Because here's their association. That's the house. And this is the activity happening in that house. And this is how we're expressing ourselves. So think about it. Take a minute. And here I'll take a pause. Give you an opportunity to get up in there. Because we still got some other stuff to talk about. We got Uranus and Taurus. We have Mars going into Aries later this month. Oh, and BT Doves, we have two major eclipses that will bring us back. And not really bring us back, but close out, quite frankly. First is a full moon, then it's a new moon, which could not be more poetic. Full moons are about endings and releasing of things. So what the hell happened in 2018 that you have to let the fuck go of in 2020? And then equally, what in 2020 do you need to begin We are rewriting our story. We are redoing history. It's happening on a global level. It's happening on a country of origin level. And it is happening at a state level. States have charts too, you know. Cities have charts too, you know. We can really get granular. And then it is also happening on a personal level. So where are you rewriting your story? And we'll talk about those things in a second. So I've decided to give myself a break and give you all a break and close it right here. (laughs) Part two will have all the goodness around the June eclipses, um, Mars, 
going into Aries at the end of the month, a little bit around Uranus and Taurus. Um, also remember, Venus goes direct. So when we talk about um, around the time Mars goes into Aries, Venus goes direct. And so what does that mean? Well, as you are rewriting your story and figuring out kind of what all of this historical context, where you fit in the grand scheme of things, where do you fit in this global story, where do you fit in, a, in the microcosm of your life, and you're rewriting multiple parts, not just the love part, but the structures of your life, what you want to do with your world. Um, everything that we've uncovered up until this point um, is having an impact on what does the future look like on a societal level? What does it look like in our uh, nation, whatever nation you are in? Again, I, I'm based in the U.S., so I talk a lot about the U.S., but... I keep up with world events. It's not just us. Each country is having their own dynamic evolution that's happening in real time across the world, in front of us, as we speak, as we wake. And so it's important to take this time, take June, take this mid-year mark, and take stock of what has happened up until this point where you are in the grand scheme of things, how you want to rewrite your story, and where exactly do you want to be. And while you do that, take a minute, digest it, and come back for part two, where we talk eclipses of June, extremely important, June 5th, June 21st. We'll talk about those, and in later episodes, talk about the other ones, but let's start there. As they mark huge transition points, from storylines that go back as far as 2018. So get your memories together. Get your spirit ready to go back a little bit so you can pull it all together, as always. So I'll see you for next episode. See you for part two of my Astro Ramblings. Until next time, my darlings. Bye.